be simply this is she and I want to thank you for joining us in this moment during this segment we're going to talk about gluttony and how it impacts our ability to feel whole and we'll come up with some evaluation processes to see where you sit with that word gluttony some of you might say well I'm not gluttonous I think uh, most of our culture has some aspect of gluttony involved in it, whether we realize it or not. And it's just an opportunity to self-evaluate and see where we can make some adjustments so that we feel more in balance and in harmony in our everyday life. So the main uh, theme here for this time of year is that historically, especially in Western cultures that celebrate uh, the on the Gregorian count and celebrate the holiday season in a way where there's a lot of consumption. There's consumer presents, gifts being purchased. Again, this supports our global economy. So there is uh, that aspect of what we're doing during this time of year. In addition, there's uh, this aspect of generosity that's happening. And none of those things are necessarily bad. However, when we overconsume and we overindulge in other things besides consumerism, but in media, in relationships, in food, this gluttonous behavior can leave us feeling quite empty. And we'll talk about that today. And if you are during this season feeling alone, feeling sad, feeling depressed, this uh, is very normal uh, for this time of year. We're going from fall to winter. It's an inward time. It's time to look in. And unfortunately, the way our society is designed right now, and it, it is a little unfortunate, is that we're encouraged to move very rapidly. Hence why a lot of people get sick and uh, have emotional ups and downs and feel a lot of pressure. So one thing that you can do for yourself is decide, do I want to consume less during this season? And maybe gathers a reserve so you have more to give when you have more energy. And just because everyone's giving at this time of year doesn't mean that you have to give this time of year. You can decide how and when and where you want to give and realize that maybe if you save that present and give it after the Gregorian New Year that maybe someone will have more space to be present with it or into the spring or just because. So a couple things keep happening. Uh, you will actually do the economics uh, helpful trend of smoothing out so we don't have such an insurgence in one season and that we could become more in balance with our consumption year-round. So you could spread out the giving uh, year-round and not feel so much pressure and also be able to receive with more grace. So that's just an example of where you can start to bring in some restraint and ultimately the medicine for gluttony is restraint. So if we want to grasp at a relationship, we want to grasp at food, and sometimes those things go hand in hand, or alcohol, or drugs, or sex, or media, gambling, whatever it might be, um, habits that aren't healthy, and we try to fill up ourselves with them in order to placate those feelings, those emotions, the depression, the anxiety, the fear, the feeling of being alone. Even though you might have all these people around you, there's something inside of you keeping you from engaging with the world as it really is. Your perception is slightly skewed. So there's first step is to recognize where you're overindulging, where you're filling yourself up, attempting to fill yourself up so that you will not have to look at what's causing you angst. And before we dive into there, the evaluation process, we want to look at what the harm is for overindulging. And one, it's just avoidance, first of all. When we avoid what we need to look at, we're just putting off the inevitable. At some point in time it's going to rise up and you will eventually liberate it. But if you're aware of it, why not, if inspired, to start to look at it now and you can take baby steps. So when we overindulge in the mind, 
uh, we what happens if we're consumed with a lot of thoughts if we spend a lot of time thinking 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 uh, this is a gluttonous behavior it's overindulgent using your brain in a way uh, that's very repetitious like a little gerbil on the or a hamster on a hamster ball it's not really going anywhere it's a not a great use of your uh, mechanics of the brain how they work and it can inhibit you from actually feeling calm in your everyday life so when we're overindulging uh, with our thoughts and anywhere else uh, we will lack clarity and have potentially a low self-esteem and this might be part of those roots that inspire you to eat too much uh, not listen to your inner knowing not listening to your inner voice so the body the physical body is going to reflect overindulgences especially if it involves food drugs or alcohol you're gonna see it and it will be visible to you and others and you might walk around and see wow there's a lot of people as they go through their life cycle in this time in this body that you can see the impact of how they've been eating what they've been consuming and it's not just those physical things you put in the body but it's also the types of media the types of people you have around what have you been satiating your senses with and this can create disease in the mind body and spirit over time and it it can also result in an untimely death meaning that you might have a trajectory to live X number of years however you're not honoring your sacred temple by over indulging with it you uh, might result in your passage sooner than later and why why would we want to do that we might as well enjoy the car the vehicle the body that we're in and allow ourselves to learn as much as possible why we have this awareness in this moment And finally, the spirit. So there starts to become a disconnect when we get into a gluttonous behavior. We're not clear. We begin to convince ourselves of things that aren't true. And this can um, impact not only this lifetime, but your next. So a gluttony is coined as one of those seven deadly sins and if we get trapped in this behavior where we can't pull ourselves out of it we can't recognize that we might need additional support team to get us out of this type of cycle this can result in creating imprints that you struggle with the mind strays the body strays the spirit strays you go so far away from your highest self that it's going to take some time to get back and if you don't get back before you take transit you move into the next and please uh, bear with me I'm working with uh, that we reincarnate we regenerate even if you don't believe in reincarnation and you believe in your final resting place, you have a one life uh, circle loop, then that means that you still will take this baggage, this behavior with you to that final resting place, wherever that may be. And do you want that to be with you for eternity in that resting place? So those are things to contemplate and no one's going to give you an absolute answer on it. And if they do, I don't think that they... Uh, potentially have all the information none of us really do we're evolving through out this universe as energetic forms that come into physical physicality so you know these are potentially good things to contemplate before you take transit so what to do (laughs) what are we going to do here and I chuckle because it's good to bring humor in uh, with these situations that we might have placed ourselves in one to keep levity there knowing that you can work your way if you decide to have discipline employ a practice and move forward that you can get out of the situation if you so do choose Uh, I had a dear friend in my life way back when and during his childhood he had a gluttonous behavior because of the emotional set and setting he would overconsume food he was six two or six three and weighed well over 300 pounds he finally decided to employ restraint 
ate vegetables for a year and walked until he could run. And then he became an Ironman triathlete. So there's this opportunity, if you so to choose, to shift what is going on in your physical body, what's going on in your mental and spiritual body. It's just a question, how long do you want to hold on to that loneliness, that emptiness, that depression, anything that makes you not feel whole? Why are you holding on to it and trying to pacify yourself with things that are going to lead you into a difficult spot? So first thing we need to do is evaluate where you are at. And when we do this, you will have the opportunity to really be honest with yourself and notice. And uh, for men and women alike, you might notice in a monthly lunar cycle that there are certain times of month that you have more anxiety, more stress, more anger, more emotions, and this isn't just for women, this is for men too, and that during those times you might have a tendency to grasp for those things that would uh, potentially pacify you for a moment but are not allowing you to really address what's rising up. You know, within a lunar cycle, we have the opportunity to look at ourselves, liberate things, actualize things, take something forward. However, if we choose just to placate ourselves with sense pleasures, we're not potentially uh, going to see what's being offered to us for us to look at. So that gluttonous behavior is a great band-aid to avoid looking at what's rising up. So you might notice and start paying attention to where this might creep in. You're stressed, you go out shopping and buying things you don't need. You're stressed, you eat a box of cookies. You have anxiety, you're depressed because the relationship you want hasn't arrived so you overindulge in alcohol and food. Whatever it might be, notice where you're doing this, why you're doing it, and write it down so you can start really sitting with it and then take it deeper into yourself. So the the next question you want to ask when you're evaluating where you're at is, do you need help? Meaning, do you need professional help or a team of people to come together and guide you through this? If you're overeating, if you're having uh, eating disorder, meaning that you're purging, binging, starving yourself, going through these cycles that are taking your body on a really extreme roller coaster ride, it's possible that you might need professional help and you might need to go through a process to bring you back to balance. So when we talk about that question binging, you know, it doesn't mean just food, food, drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling, shopping, Uh, even on healthy lifestyle, are you binging on that? Relationships, are you filling yourself up with things that you think you need just to avoid the root of the situation. So these are questions that you can ask yourself. We're going to have a pause in a moment that you can reflect on them. As we lead into that pause, the question to ask yourself is you probably have a pulse on what your little habits, your piccadillies, as my friend Wudu would say, are. (laughs) And are you willing to work on them? Are you willing to refine them? Are you really willing to look at what's going on and why? I can share at certain points in my life uh, that that need to fill up on something nourishing, the need to fill up on some food or some kind of sense pleasure just to pacify myself. I've experienced that. It's a very normal thing to want to do. That's something that babies come in wanting to do. However, when it gets exasperated and it becomes an addictive pattern, a habit, that's when the imbalance begins in those other fallouts can occur. So where to start? One, be honest with yourself. Really be honest with what's going on in your your life. Where you are overindulging or underindulging is a form of gluttony. And decide where you would want to start to get help. Now if you're not sure, feel free to please email me. I can help you We can set up a time and talk and evaluate what's going on and determine some best course of action for you. If it's not uh, super, super serious, meaning that uh, you might need to um, address things one way versus another, 
there will be options for you and then you can decide you decide what you want to do so feel free to reach out in that manner so what I would love for you to do right now or all of us to do is we're gonna sit and listen to a little bit of random rap from his new album awoke and we're gonna listen to planet life and there's a little bit of movement into this so I would love for this to be a meditative moment for you but if you feel like moving you can do that do whatever you like and during the course of this segment I would love for you just to evaluate be honest with yourself do you tend to be gluttonous in a certain aspect of your life and are you ready to welcome in some restraint and shift some things to enable you to live uh, more balanced and feel more whole and walk through life not feeling empty so as you do that just see what comes up don't judge it just let it be and when we come back we'll dive in a little bit deeper to how to really understand what you've evaluated and what the process will look like
So returning back to here, and hopefully you're able to connect during that piece by Random Rab, his new album, Awoke, Planet Life, able to connect to where you would like to make some shifts in your world that's unfolding right now. And when we take that moment, that pause to really evaluate, and this is typically what happens historically right now on planet Earth towards the end of the Gregorian New Year, we're on a solar calendar uh, that is, we have the opportunity to take the time to review and how we'd like to do things differently in that new year. Since most businesses operate under this uh, flow, uh, you can participate or you can be in your own flow, whether it's on your physical birthday, that's a great time for annual review as to when you entered into this world, or uh, you could do it at the Lunar New Year, which many countries in the East do that too. So you can decide what your flow is, but when we take some moments to evaluate, and we could do this on a monthly basis, which it might be even better, you don't wait a whole year, you monthly check in with how your mind, body, and spirit is doing, That way you can notice sooner than later when there are any imbalances and where you might need to nourish self. So when we talk about gluttony and we talk about filling up on or not filling up, so this aspect of grasping to try to be in control, to avoid looking at what is sitting below that activity, is a really profound process and it's not so comfortable trying to move through the grasping part because you want to grasp so bad and if you say I'm going to use restraint, I'm going to use restraint, it may require wiggling, it may require sitting on your hands, it may require running 10 miles, whatever it might be to push through that threshold. Really it's not a brick wall, it feels like one but it's not, it's just simply deciding to redirect your energy and really welcome in understanding what's at the root. So simply put, most people, depending on the varying extreme that you've participated in gluttony, might be able to recollect a time where you've over-consumed food, let's say, or over-consumed alcohol or drugs or merchandise. And then afterwards, what typically happens? You feel bad. You don't feel well. And when that occurs, uh, there's this opportunity for you to say, okay, I participated in this. I don't feel so well. So then there's a recovery period where you have to take time for you to recover. And then from there typically people are like I'm never going to do that again and they stay away from it yet what we don't realize in that recovery and then that stay away period is that there's something deeper as to why we did that so we look at say you went on a drinking binge you have a really bad hangover you're sick for days or a day you recover you're like I'm never going to have that again and it may not be even all the different alcohols you could have it might be tequila let's say I'm never going to have that again because that was a big imprint on me and I don't want to recollect that however if you back up a little further before you got to the binging on tequila let's say you might say oh my heart was broken and that heartbreak was triggering my abandonment issues that heartbreak was triggering my fear of being alone. That heartbreak was unbearable, the emotion, the feeling when we have a heartbreak. So I went and grasped for the tequila and drowned my sorrows in the medicine of alcohol. Now when we come out of that we can blame the alcohol. We could say we'll stay away from that but we don't address what brought us to that point. The same if you overindulge in food, you've had a a bad day, you're feeling depressed, maybe you're feeling anxious, you sit down with a loaf of bread and you eat the whole loaf of bread, you sit down with a tray of cookies, you eat all the cookies because you're feeling sad, trying to fill yourself up. And then the next day or in a few hours when you've come down from the carbohydrate high and low, 
you are like, oh, that doesn't feel so good. I'm not going to do that again. However, again, you're missing the point of looking at, oh, I was depressed. I was feeling sad. I was feeling emotional. I wanted to feel held, nurtured, nourished. So this is where we can bring that gluttony into balance, whatever it might be, is to find and cultivate things in our life that will bring us that feeling without causing harm to our physical dwelling, our mental dwelling, our spiritual and emotional dwelling. And uh, that recovery that you might have immediately after you've binged or denied self, meaning if you hold back in such an extreme like you deny yourself food, you'll still have a recovery period. During that space, rather than going for the overindulgence, you can actually take some time and sit with whatever is inspiring you to overindulge or underindulge. So that recovery time is a perfect time to nourish self, to take some time to move, meaning that you're going to feel probably anxious, uncomfortable, wanting to scream, maybe you need to scream. It's a great time to say, hey, what can I do in this moment that will be something different than what I'm inspired to do? So you know possibly where your indulgences are, where you tend to want to go for uh, to create comfort and peace, and how can you do it in a holistic manner? Now, a nourishing meal, let's say, uh, it can be beautiful. You can have a beautiful nourishing meal. Uh, if you do abide in alcohol, you could have just a glass. Having the restraint to nourish self in a way that is balanced and in harmony, and then say, okay, after I do this, I'm going to move on to something else. Uh, if you know that you're a compulsive consumer, rather than getting on the internet and purchasing a bunch of things, or rather than going out to the stores and purchasing a bunch of things, you might say, okay, what do I really need in this moment? And then give yourself the opportunity to go do that, but nothing else. It's going to take a practice to have restraint in this. And then once you learn to have a little bit of restraint with the habitual habit, you will also discover ways to redirect your energy. In addition, it'll be an opportunity for you to address the emotions that really need nourished and healed. Abandonment, fear of being alone, uh, feeling empty, whatever that root is, it can, it'll take some examination and there will be layers to it. And making the effort to say, okay, I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm going to find out what is propelling that anger and creates this erratic behavior and creates the need for me to numb out. So there's a lot of questions to ask self and you didn't get here yesterday, meaning that with the habit, that allow yourself the space to re-establish your worldview with yourself and others. So what we're going to do is we're going to take another little respite with Random Rab because these are big chunks of information. So during that first respite with Random Rab, you were able to potentially see where you have some work to do, where you habitually are gluttonous or tend to overindulge or underindulge. That's just a key word too, that it that those are areas where you can soften, figure out a better way to operate through life. During this segment, it's called Eternally, and again, this is from his new album, Awoke, uh, is that I'd like you to think about what are some things that you can do to cultivate nourishment in your life. In addition, do you know what your root fears are? What, what are some of your fears that propel you to fill yourself up? Is it a fear? Is it an unresolved uh, memory, wound, healing that needs to take place, meaning you had trauma in the past and you haven't dealt with it, so you're over-consuming to avoid that healing process. And it's become such a habit that you've forgotten about what needs to be healed that you're just in that overconsumption. It's that Pavlovian experience that starts to creep up and you just go to the bread box, you just go to the cookie jar, you just go to the keg, whatever it might be. So I want you to just sit with it and see what comes up, what that root 
the top layer is. There will be multiple layers, but the top layer is. And ask yourself the question, are you ready to make these adjustments in your life? And as you do, just follow the breath. Be easy. Non-judgment with self. Don't feel any shame about your behavior. Just allow yourself to see what you need to see in this moment. That's the first step.
So that was Random Rab with Eternally from his new album, The Awoke. And if inspired, I like to give the artists a shout out. We'll be hearing two songs from Beirut, their new album. If inspired, this is a great way for you to support the arts. Creative energy is so healing for all of us. We don't realize that it creates inspiration, redirects our attention, and assists us in healing and transforming in beautiful, beautifully profound ways. So that's a good lead-in to uh, potentially for you to utilize that as a medicine to assist you in this process and the redirect. So hopefully during that segment you were able to think about where would you like to make some shifts, where are your habits where you tend to fill yourself up and or deny yourself in those situations and are you willing to address that and were you able to see what that root trigger is? Are you able to see what your fear is or healing or transformation that's needed where you've hidden in it for so long? I can share my own journey of transforming and healing in this lifetime and from other lifetimes is that when we don't do the inner work, when we don't acknowledge what is, that it comes with us and I'm living proof of that. Some of my greatest teachers are living proof of that too, that when we stuff and we don't look at it, we don't examine it, that we will at some point in time need to address it and it accumulates and the same lessons seem to attract towards us and repeat. So some things uh, that you might be attached to may not even be your stuff to completely own. So it's really important to acknowledge that, that sometimes we take on other people's stories so much that we own them as our own. Own your part, but you don't have to own the entire aspect of it. In addition, uh, where you know that you have those beginning layers of fears, anxiety, stress, whatever it might be that has creeped up on you and that you've developed a habit of placating self with something to pacify your sense pleasures, just acknowledge it and decide what you want to do with it, how you want to bring it into balance. So again, full spectrum. So if you're in a little bit of a darker space, meaning that you really do need some immediate attention, potentially a support team and or um, some intervention. Please feel free to reach out to me. Happy to get on a call with you and go over uh, your options and that's completely in service. Uh, In addition to anyone that's listening, if you have questions, you're trying to understand some of these ideas and concepts and where you can start, again, feel free to email me. You can do that at s at suzannetoro.com or suzannetoro at gmail.com. When we evaluate what's going on and we identify and we see it, but we're not ready to make this first step, at least you see it, you acknowledge it. Every time you meet that habit, every time you meet that overindulgence, you will see it. Then when you're ready, you will decide to make a shift. So that is the beauty in this. No one else can make you do it. They might hold mirrors around you 360 degrees and show you what you need to look at, but if you're not ready, you're not ready, and that's okay, and own that. Allow yourself to own that. Don't feel pressure from other people, but once you're ready, go ahead and move forward from there. So recovery, this is that time and space that you need to take to contemplate what's going on, contemplate where you're ready to dive in, are you ready to look at the layers, how deep are you willing to till the soil to really make it yummy and balanced and in harmony again. That's your choice and you don't have to go with a big digger and digging everything up immediately and I really recommend not. Let it come up organically. Let it arrive organically so that you can feel whole, so that you can really, really uh, feel deeply connected to your next steps. 
So recovery time for you is important. This means carving out a space so that you can address this, not just when you're having the instinct, but consistently carving out some space with those things that will nourish you and bring into balance that uh, aspect of yourself that doesn't feel complete, bring you into wholeness. These, there might be small adjustments or large adjustments, as I mentioned. A support team might be needed. You might need to be going to the gym, have a personal trainer. You might need to be in some form of therapy to really understand the psyche of what's going on. You also might need to look at your nutrition and see how you're taking care of your physical dwelling, bringing all these aspects into harmony. In addition, you might need a practice, a spiritual practice that connects you to your highest reflection that will be very helpful in keeping you uh, in balance and in harmony and uh, give you a different perspective than the one that you carry right now. So restraint is the medicine, the virtue to gluttony, restraint. This is easier said than done. (laughs) It's so much easier said than done. But there are things you can do to keep yourself from those things you grasp for. Like I said, if you're over-consumed with shopping or drugs or alcohol or gambling, then keep yourself away from those ecosystems. Find new things to replace those habits. If you're in the habit of always uh, sitting down and having you know four or five beers every night and don't think anything about it maybe there's something else that you could do that would be more productive with your time in the evening instead of filling yourself up and then asking yourself am I doing that because I have a really stressful job and this is how I unwind would it be more beneficial to go to the gym meditate eat a great meal and then maybe have one beer versus five so think about it because guess what the next day this is that snowball effect the next day if you're sitting with the out the fallout of the overconsumption of food alcohol drugs whatever it might be uh, sex all those things then the next day you're going to feel depleted and then it's just a snowball that keeps growing and growing and growing and growing so the restraint is going to be only you that can hold you responsible for that but the key is there to like I said to find other things that you can do and plan it out the day before plan it out you know your habits if you overindulge after work and whatever it might be plan it out oh instead of going home I'm going to go straight to the gym I'm going to go on a walk with a friend in nature I'm going to actually go have a nice meal with my friends so I uh, really decide what I put in my body and being with a group of people I'll probably be less likely to overindulge in certain things if your friends overindulge too then you might want to think about finding some different groups of people to hang out with to reflect wellness and harmony and balance from there what I'm leading to is this restraint the redirect cultivate energy you want so if you want to feel whole rather than numbing yourself out do the things that you love do the things that you're passionate about that inspire you and that's why I mentioned the arts Uh, the arts time and time again have been a source of inspiration for me I'm passionate about supporting the arts because this is that beautiful gift to all of us to keep our imagination going, to keep our creativity going, to keep the emotions moving. Sometimes there's really uh, heartfelt music or art pieces that might be a little dark, but they move the energy. We can allow ourselves to relate to the song and it moves it and it actually feeds our soul in a way that can inspire us to all of a sudden listen to the next track and then we're moving. So uh, think about what might inspire you in that area of arts of the redirect of things that you're passionate about these can be the catalyst to help you understand that thing that you haven't been looking at okay it wasn't the tequila poppers it's that thing that you might not be looking at it's not the chocolate cake it's that thing that you might not be looking at it's not the obsessive mind it's that thing that you haven't been looking at so are you ready And if you are, first, restraint with a redirect. Number two is patience with yourself. And do not go back. Don't overthink all the things that you've done to yourself that are destructive. Be patient with yourself and 
really think that, hey, I can do this. I can take care of myself. I want to take care of myself. I want to be whole. I want to feel whole because you are whole, but I want to feel whole and I want to know it. And I'm willing to do the work. And it is work. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend that it's not. It's not like, just be happy. It doesn't work that way. When we cultivate a well-being and we clear the the attic, we clear the cobwebs from our inner being, it is a little bit of work, uh, but it's well worth it. So making peace and healing the wound, uh, this is really important. So if you have some sense, like we use that example of the broken heart, feeling brokenhearted and going, oh, this hurts. Well, when we love, when we, especially in a romantic setting, it's the potential is that we will get a broken heart. But that love is so worth it. The process, the feeling, everything it gives you. And that broken heart will heal. The heart is meant to exchange these emotions. And it's connected to your whole physical being, meaning all the different emotions we experience. And when we know that, hey, I can make peace. I can make peace with this tragedy. I can make peace with this trauma. I can still love again. And I look forward to loving again. When we start to have a sense of knowing and trust in ourselves that we can persevere through anything, we will move through life much more discerning and much more um, confidently. So restraint, patience with yourself, drop the shame game, healing the wound, making peace. And a, a simple way to start that is stop telling the story. Stop telling the story of the trauma. Stop telling the story of the broken heart. Start moving forward. It's there. When it rises up, you can be with it, uh, give thanks for the lessons you've learned, and then you can move on. Bit by bit, it will get easier. And when you have your support team, as I mentioned above, that those individuals will help you through that process until you get to a place where you feel like you can do it on your own. Finally, stress management. This is really important where we tend to overindulge. Collectively, as a society, is when we're stressed, we tend to consume things to bring down that adrenal rush that we're going through, whatever it might be. So acknowledge where you have stress in your life and you can employ tools to bring yourself back into harmony. Bring yourself daily, commit to stress management practice, anger management practice, pranayama, breath work, yoga, asana work and yoga. Pranayama is part of yoga. Meditation is part of yoga. I like to remind people of this. Yoga is not just asana, meaning postures. It's a whole system. So that's a great stress management tool. Athletics are a great stress management tool. Get out there. Play a game with your friends. Have some fun. Get to the gym. Sweat. Move. These are great ways to manage stress. And that way you can move the mind, move the energy, and then come back and be with family and friends in a much more centered way. Daily practice of this is important, especially the way we live our life today. It's uh, very fast-paced. It's very instant gratification. There's a lot of highs and lows, polarities right now. If you can say, I'm going to take that 30 minutes, I'm going to take that hour every day to bring myself into well-being, uh, mind, body, and spirit, you'll be pleasantly surprised. And part of the stress management, when you cultivate a spiritual practice, no matter what your belief system is or no belief system, whatever you want to call it, if it's, uh, I don't know, <laughs> you can make a million words for it. We were joking at one of the retreats I did that, you know, in the future there might be a tribe of people that believe in the popcorn people. Whatever it might be, you might want to uh, believe in the spirit of the lemon. You might want to believe in the spirit of this or that or the other. Believing is uh, this element of the unknown. It's an access to the unknown. I wouldn't give up your whole entire life to the lemon. I don't think that's a great idea. But you might say, wow, this lemon has a lot of medicinal qualities. And I trust that when I consume it for this, this, and this, it's going to do something for me. I actually know that when I consume it for this, this, and this, because I've researched it, it's it has the properties to do this for me. So the same happens when we have a spiritual practice that you trust because, and you might believe, because why? Not because 
I said so or someone said so on a pulpit, but that you know every time you sit down on your cushion, when you get back up from that cushion, you feel better, you feel grounded, you feel calm, you feel clear. So that's the testing, the test process. So whatever your practice might be, if that practice brings you a quality of your being to be in harmony with self, that's a good thing, right? Now, if it that practice actually propels you to destroy people or it propels you to feel worse about yourself and feel shame and guilt, that's probably not a practice you want to keep up. So you can decide what that practice is. That's up to you. And I would imagine it might evolve as we have evolved and will continue to evolve as we spiral through interstellar space. So there you have it, gluttony. Uh, If inspired, take some time to observe your actions, especially during the holidays as we move into the Gregorian New Year and then the Lunar New Year. Evaluate where you're at. Decide where you want to make some adjustments to your mind, body, and spirit and make a commitment to you if inspired. If you're not ready, at least just see it and then move from there. We're going to exit out with a little Beirut band and this band really speaks deeply to my heart. They're very nostalgic. They have a just a, a way about them. The first song is no, no, no. So you might employ that mantra for yourself. No, no, no. I'm not going to eat the cookies. No, no, no. I'm not going to eat all the chocolate. I'm going to wait. I'm going to just have a piece. And then at once is the second song uh, just connecting that everything can shift at once in one moment your perspective can change that will inspire you to make a shift in your reality until next time this is she signing out with a full heart a soft gaze a big smile a deep bow and a namaste be simply
at once, at last, at all.